Hey everybody, today in Mongo's house, uh, we welcome Ori Amir. Uh, he uh, is a Israeli neuroscientist that also does stand-up comedy. Um, this is uh, one of those shows that kind of turned into backseat taxi confessions, which uh, I never thought this was going to happen with my show, but um, it's entertaining, uh, interesting, informative, and um, you might need to go get Q-tips by the time we're done. But if not, I hope you enjoy it. All right, so uh, today in Mom's house, I uh, have Ori Amir. Uh, did I say that right? Yeah, yeah. So you said it perfectly. Fantastic. Um, Ori Amir, I, I saw you at, uh, at a comedy show that I was with, I was in, um, and I was, your occupation intrigued me. So tell me about what you do. Well, uh, the thing about washing dishes uh, is... <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> I, I do uh, neuroscience research, I guess, I, I, brain imaging. Um, so I've done, I've done a bunch of studies. Basically what we're doing is we, we use fMRI to look at uh, brain activation uh, while, you're doing very, while the participants are doing various cognitive tasks. Um, the most interesting case, I assume, for the purposes of this podcast uh, and also for my personal uh, interest, uh, is an uh, experiment we did where we looked at comedians' brains uh, while they were improvising uh, funny ideas. Really? Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, we, we, um, so basically uh, there are about maybe 30 uh, fMRI experiments that looked into what goes on in the brain when people enjoy humor of various types. Uh, but no experiments have ever looked at what goes on in the brain when you try to come up with a funny idea. And that is mostly because it was assumed that it's very difficult to capture this moment. And yeah. in order to see any kind of activation, uh, any meaningful activation, you don't see like just one event of uh -huh. you know, something happening in your brain. You have to look at multiple instances of that happening and averaging them out in order to see anything beyond the noise of the, the general activation in the brain. So, um, so you have to have multiple events of somebody coming up with a joke, and it, it was assumed it would be too difficult to do. And but um, we live in Los Angeles. I guess I did a research in at USC, which is near. Uh, 50% of the famous comedians in the world, right. so I had access to them, I had access to MRI in uh, oh, really? Los Angeles, so yeah, so we... That's awesome. Uh, so where are you from originally? Aha! Uh -huh. um, okay. Um, I'm originally uh, from... Uh, where do I sound like I'm from, by the way? Uh, uh, I, I already remember. know. Okay. I do know. Okay, okay. But... Um, it just it just sounds European, like to me, and yeah. that's what, and that's what I think I had said before. So I'm trying to go for the um, uh, some kind of hybrid of every possible type of spy. 
Uh, you can have uh, every possible spy you can yeah, have. Yeah, <laughs> you might want to be careful. You might want to be careful with that. I hear they're <laughs> dropping in the UK, so if you should try and do any type of comedy over there, um, so <laughs> so you said that you're uh, you're trying to to are you, do you worry about your accent at all? It doesn't sound like you do. And um, the, the only the only time where I'm worried about my accent is when I'm worried that I wouldn't. Be understood uh, mm. by some people, so that's that's the only concern I might have. Uh, other than that, uh, yeah, I enjoy I enjoy being a foreigner. I like having an accent, so you know, I wish it was a sexier accent. But other than that, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's some pretty there's some women out there that are like into the maybe Freudian kind of sounding. Um, yeah, there are definitely women who like this accent, but I feel like there are more women who like. Um, Australian and English accent, yeah. French accent maybe, than this this um, creepy sounding German, Germanic, Russian. Yeah. <laughs> so where did you... Um, oh, yeah. I forgot to mention one. Yeah, I'm from Israel. From Israel. Yeah. And so did you, um, did you get your, I presume you, you got your doctorate there? Or? No, I got, it, uh, I got it right here uh, at USC. That's oh, you got it at USC. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's where I did my, uh, and the, also the MRI experiments. That was my my dissertation included this experiment on comedians. Oh, wow. Well, so when did you, uh, when did you come to the U.S.? Was it, uh, and what, what moved you out here? Oh, I came here uh, for to, to do the the, the PhD. So yeah, okay, so that was the purpose. Uh, yeah, so um, like seven years ago. So and then I um, yeah, basically that's what I came here for, and um, I ended up discovering uh, the comedy scene uh, mm. because I was like in the center of comedy town or you know, Los Angeles. So. That's cool. So where was the first place you ever did comedy at? Do you remember? Uh, at USC itself, I guess there was an audition uh, that some, some comedians group did, and I, I saw it the same day like that they were having the audition, like an hour before, and I saw, like, uh, oh, maybe I should check it out. Uh, and, and, like, before you, like, especially as somebody who grew up, grew, grew up outside of the country where comedy, uh, stand-up comedy is, is common, um, Israel is now emerging, but I guess at the time it wasn't, um, definitely not, not you know, um, when I was there. Um, y- you see, you see this American stand-up, you see, you know, Chris Rock and George Carlin, or, you know, and you have it, you see it in Israel, but, but then you, you think, okay, the way, the way stand-up works is that you come for the first time in your life in front of a giant audience, and you have to have an hour, and it's recorded for TV. So that's, <laughs> that's yeah. the assumption. Yeah. yeah so you don't, you don't really see a path, and you imagine yourself doing it, but but you like you say, well, I guess you know you have to know somebody for that, and then and you probably have to have a solid hour, and then just do it. So, when was the first? Who was the first comedian that you saw? Was it in Israel? And the first like stand like proper stand up I saw, um, yeah, I mean it was in Israel. Uh, I think, who I probably saw something before that, but I, but I just recalled you know seeing um, uh, George Carlin on YouTube. Uh, my friend showed me George Carlin I think, on YouTube, 
Um, I would him, Sarah Silverman, Chris Rock. I guess are the, the first comedians I've seen. Uh, oh, so you so so Sarah Silverman. So have you only known comedy for ten or fifteen years? Like, oh, for that, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I just think of. I've been exposed to it pretty late, uh, and uh, I mean, there must have been some, something in my childhood, but I was pretty detached anyway, so, yeah, and um, what else? Yeah, so, so that, that's what I've known, uh, but I'm sure, I'm sure I've seen something else before that, but that's just what I recall. Oh, yeah. I, um, when I, I remember being a little kid and my parents showing me stand-up comedy. And um, I remember watching uh, Bob Newhart. I don't know if you know who he is. Yeah, I've seen him recently uh, like on, on, on the internet, but yeah. Yeah, so his, his stuff was, it was really different because it would be one side of a conversation, but how he would script it you would be dying laughing because you would you could understand what the you would be hearing what this other person is hearing on the other side of the phone you know what i mean so and so the absurdity of that of having to deal with that phone call he would lead you to a place where where your response to this absurd situation is what he's responding to. Uh, you know, it's kind of hard to explain, but like, um, you know, like if he says, well, you know, I, I want to return this toupee, okay. you know, and it's like, well, <laughs> why well, I, I, I can't take it off my head because it's, you know, it's, it's here under the thing. It's like, no, there's, there's still a, no, no, all, all the tags are there. Yeah. Um, uh, why do I want to? Uh, why do I want to uh, return it? Uh, well, uh, you see, the thing is, is that um, you know, it fell. In, I, I had taken it uh, to this um, to this party, and it and, and and it fell into this bean dip. And then you know, and you're just sitting there, you're thinking about this whole situation that's being played out. You know what I mean? And I'm not doing it any justice, but it was. Um, I, mean, so, I have this problem all the time. What do you mean? Uh, oh, people. This might have pays for the dips. Yeah, but then I I remember like the ones that stood out to me were like Jonathan Winters, Robin Williams. Um, those were the guys that I really, really like. Fell in love with stand up. So like I've seen uh, Robin Williams, but like on like reruns of Mork and Mindy and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So they had all those. You kind of have a Mork and Mindy kind of vibe. You know, like, you're, like, yeah, you're not from this place, and you're trying to fit in. <laughs> like, yeah, but, uh, like, like the stuff that, I, yeah, I mean, I, I only pretend to try to fit in. I, yeah, I guess I am. Yeah. I am trying in some respects, but not really in others. I mean, I like, I mean, I like I being a foreigner. Like, yeah. like, the thing is, like, I felt like a foreigner back when I was in my country, but I was expected to fit in. Here, really? really? Here I don't fit in, and I'm not expected to fit in, so I get to express myself better, you know, that's yeah. what I like about being a foreigner. That's awesome. You said you didn't feel like you fit in in your other country, yeah, or in your home yeah, country. Yeah, because, 
first of all, I always wanted to be different. And then and they wanted me to act the same. But then even if I wanted to act like the other people, which I probably didn't because I was working against myself if I did, I would still, you know, I still wouldn't be able to do it very well. So, yeah. 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 Um, so did you have a pretty strict... What was it like growing up in Israel? I, I have no idea. Or where did you... Like... Um, like uh, probably not very different than growing up in the U.S., really. I mean... So, urban city... Um, what did your parents do? Um, my father is... Um, I guess they did comedy, uh, but not... Um, it wasn't like very famous or whatever, but he did, he did like a, a bunch of stuff, a bunch of comedic stuff for TV. And oh, really? I guess before that he was, uh, he was a lifeguard and, and my mother um, is um, um, in, the, in the Philharmonic Orchestra. Really? Oh, so you come from an artistic uh, family. Yeah, so, so, you know, my family escaped the Nazis uh, in, in Germany and uh, the area. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them, the, some of them escaped. You know, some of them died, but some the ones that were able to escape they escaped. Uh, some of them escaped to the U.S. and some of them escaped to Israel. And those everybody who escaped to the U.S. somehow became a famous physics professor. They're all like in, in Ivy League <laughs> institutions, and like generation after generation of like. Uh, big name physics physics professors. Yeah, and then and then the ones who came to Israel um, ended up on the more artistic side of things. So huh. that's pretty interesting. Yeah. And so now you're now you've come to you to the U.S. and now you're a scientist and a comedian. A yes, and a comedian. you're bringing it back around. <laughs> yeah. I'm like half Israeli, half American. You know. <laughs> That's pretty awesome, man. So uh, you were saying that the the fMRI, what is that? Oh, a function of magnetic resonance imaging. Um, uh, so so basically, the the uh, magnetic resonance Im- resonance imaging is is the um, the the thing. The machine itself is a is this giant magnet. Okay. Uh, it's like a really powerful magnet. It's three Tesla, and if, uh, which means that if you uh, release like um, a bit of metal uh, around 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 it, then it would it can fly, and you close enough, it can fly the speed of a bullet towards it. It's pretty dangerous. You don't wanna yeah. you don't wanna do it if there is a participant inside the MRI or in general because it can break the machine. Wow. Uh, and then you know, so, so it's a very powerful magnet. But um, sorry, that's my dog. I think I just got an Amazon delivery. Oh, okay. And okay. so that's Do you what the to, to get it or? That's ah, okay. Right. I can. I saw the person walk up, and I, I. If someone else comes walking up, then they're gonna have a. I'll probably meet them with my with my guitar. You know uh, what I mean? And you then, mean you attack them with your guitar? Yeah, yeah I'll probably okay. attack them with a the guitar. I'm a, I'm a shit guitar player, so. <laughs> <laughs> So it would be your, your best yet. I'm probably better at whacking people with my guitar than actually playing it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying, so it's an it's an MRI. That's so I think so I've the, heard of it as an MRI. Um, well, well, MRI. Okay, so MRI is the, the technology in the machine, right? Now F F MRI stands F stands for functional. So oh, okay. you're looking at the activity, like at the at the change in. 
change changes in the brain uh, as a function of time uh, and, and cognitive tasks. Oh, I, see. Um, I see. As opposed to um, getting the structure, or, you know, like getting an image of the brain or getting the image of the activation of the brain. So these are the functional oh, sensory okay. activation. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. M, so, M stands for magnet. And stay tuned for next time to find out what R and I means. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I did enjoy your comedy. I thought that I thought that you were really funny. You know what I mean? And so um, I. You are very kind to my people. <laughs> I don't. Um, I don't usually invite people onto my podcast that I that I don't like. You know what I mean? Or that I don't find interesting. And so, um, and for the record, you didn't invite me before I came on stage. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I, I am interesting, so. But I invited you when I found out that you had done that you done <laughs> that you were in neuroscience. That because that's what that's what really. So what I was thinking was I wanted to find out how a neuroscientist becomes a comedian, or how does a comedian become a neuroscientist. And what I found out is that you, they happen at the same time. No, no. I mean, I, I, I became a neuroscientist before I became a comedian. I just, I was in the university and then I discovered that I can do it. I guess I always, like it was always in me. I just didn't know it was an option. It was something you can actually do. So, just it wasn't within the realm of possibility, so I didn't consider it. But I think, if anything, yeah, I have, I have... I guess both side of, sides of it, my, my desire to figure out things and my desire to, to express myself comedically were both inside me. Yeah. And in fact, it wouldn't make any practical sense. First of all, it wouldn't make a practical sense to, to go through the trouble of becoming a neuroscientist unless you were into that. And, and it wouldn't make practical sense to... Uh, to go through the trouble of trying to become a, a comedian, even less so, given all the competition and just a few people who can, the, the, the tiny minority who actually make it and all that. But um, unless you're really passionate about it and you just enjoy doing it and you want to do it, and, and so that's, you know, so I think both of those things um, worry me. Did, um, I believe I interrupted you and I, I kind of went all over the place, but um, you said that the first time you, you did stand-up was over at USC and you had found out about this place and you walked in. Um, oh, yeah, it was some, some small students group, uh, I think they were called the un USC Uncensored Students of Comedy, something uh -huh. like this, I don't know, something with us uncensored and um, yeah, and so so I, I, I came in and um, I, I was completely unprepared. I you signed up and then I had to figure out what I was going to say. Mm. So I said I said something pretty dumb and it didn't you know it didn't it didn't get me it didn't get me in. Right. Um, but but I did get a laugh and so I was like, oh okay, so it's possible. It's it's in it's within the realm of possibility to do it. Right. Um, and so, you know, I was, I, I got hooked um, just then. So, you know, I just said, and something, something to, and I was like saying, good evening. Oh, you didn't like it. 
how in that's it, my life is over. You know, I, I wanted to become a stand-up comedian and since I was three months old, well, at the time I was most concerned about the standing up part. <laughs> I was like, this is this. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but that, that was pretty much it. And, and so I got a laugh and... Of course, it wasn't. It wasn't really a, a, a routine or a comedy set or anything close to it, and, and so yeah, naturally I wasn't in. But then I, you know, I figured there were mics and stuff like that, and you know, I just. And so, how long ago was that? When did you start? Um, was already it said seven, six, six or seven years ago. I think yeah, six and a half maybe. Oh wow! Yeah. And so um, you now. Uh, you got your your doctorate, correct? Yeah, last year. You got your doctorate last year. Yeah, and I'm doing uh, a work in like Pomona College. So, so what's it like being a, a neuroscientist? Uh, do you do you have classes in neuroscience? Yeah, um, I, I mean, I'm in the psychology department, so I'm actually you know teaching um, and teaching classes in psychology, but they are neuroscience related, so. Um, I guess one of my classes is psychology of humor this semester. Uh, oh, really? And then, uh, but we, we do talk about the neuroscience. We do talk about artificial intelligence of humor as well. Um, so it's kind of multidisciplinary. Disciplinary. And then, um, yeah, and then the data mining for psychologists, which is just about how methodology and data mining applied to like big data and stuff. Mm-hmm. applied to uh, psychology. Basically, um, you know, the, the kind of stuff uh, um, Cambridge Analytica does, but for um, more benign uh, yeah. purposes, hopefully. So, is do you think that you will, will work, is that somewhere you want to go into, into big business as a, as a psychologist, or what do you want to do with your with your career? Um, well, currently, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, I do work as a professor at the university, so it's, it's kind of a job. Uh, but, um, you know, in terms of my dream, I guess, of course, I want to make it in comedy, so that's, that's a dream. And then uh, what I would really want to focus on, regardless of whether I do it within a university or within, um, you know... Um, some industry or by myself, but there's something I, I would love to do is to work on the uh, artificial intelligence of humor generation. So, like, hmm. sort of, sort of the idea of like if you can figure out an algorithm of, of joke making, then you kind of understand the phenomena of, of humor better, which is was. So you want to you want to create your the first android comedian? Um, kind of. I wouldn't say first, and I wouldn't say android comedian, but but somewhere along that line. That's yeah. I'm a, I'm a big dumb idiot, so I have no idea. Like, <laughs> so is my comedy android? <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, you know. Uh, I, I didn't give you any. You can you can only guess what, but but people have tried to develop things of that nature. So it's not going to be the first, and then uh, also it's not going to be um, successful enough, in my opinion, 
at this point anytime soon in order for you to to properly call it comedian android and what i do want to advance what i do think is possible to advance at this point is um and i've been talking about it for years and haven't done shit about it because i was busy with other projects all kinds of mri stuff uh, but i like if you listen to a podcast of me a couple of years ago with Shane Moss, I said, oh, this is what I want to do. And uh, not much progress since uh, because <laughs> I had to do my real job. But, but I, what, I, yeah, what I would like to do is... Um, so right now, the way, the way um, uh, humor-generated algorithms work, what they can do more or less is pun generation. They can they can make they can generate puns. And um, funny enough, um, do, you, do you know the New Yorker cartoons? Um, uh-huh. Do you know Bob Mankoff? Is like uh, is I, mean, I, I know yeah I know what they are, but I'm not familiar with them. So Bob Mankoff is is a, a cartoonist, but he was also in charge of the New Yorker cartoons for like 500 years uh-huh. uh, until recently, where he moved to do it in Esquire. Um, and he's also an incredible expert on 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 the theory of, of, of humor, uh, like like uh, the psychology of humor and like the theories of what makes humor humor. And so so like I've, I've been I've been to a conference where everybody there was like humor scientists. Apparently, there is a profession like this. Uh, not not quite a profession, but it's scientists of different disciplines like you, uh, psychology, neuroscience, uh, computer science. Who um, who have interest in humor and have done some research associated with humor, right? So there's mm-hmm. a, a conference for that. Most of the works there are kind of shitty, but it's not. Uh, <laughs> there are a few, a few good works, but uh, and and Bob Mankoff liked like to come there, and and he his knowledge of the of the science of humor is surpasses so many of the actual scientists there. It's amazing. He knows he knows so much and. And I did have an argument with him, though. Uh, he was, I, I was suggesting, okay, it might be possible to, to do something with the artificial intelligence of humor, and he was uh, very dismissive. He al- almost wanted to um, unfriend me because of it. He was saying, you know, oh, you think that's, that's a possibility? Uh, I think, you know, if, if that's what you think, I don't know if I can talk to you. I don't know if I can work, collaborate with you, uh, you know. Really? Uh, yeah, and, and now he's he's he has a company that does that, uh, like it's part of Amazon. <laughs> so. Oh really? Yeah. So uh, and and he does some of the um, in the spirit of the ideas that I had, but not but not 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 even close. To, it's not like he, he took any. You know, I don't think he even remembers the conversation. But uh, but but with the spirit of so so they, one of my ideas was to work on and developed a sort of a search engine that allows you to um, instead of instead of you know you know how for example humans work with google so uh, um, you can't like suppose you want to find out something from the internet if it's a simple question google is smart enough to fit to really to read this information out and figure it out answer your question like right. if you ask how tall is the queen of england google will actually give you a number but if right. you if you ask the question is uh, should i what do i do with my you know, if my car is like this or whatever, then then it gi- it would give you it it, it would read through uh, billions of documents online, and in a fraction of a second, it would give you 
an art, uh, uh, you know, a few art possible articles, okay. and, and you would have to read and understand the article. Right. So the, the the thing Google is good at is is going through all those all those articles so quickly and and giving you what's likely to be the top choices, but it wouldn't understand it for you in such a way that it would be able to just answer your question instead of just giving you a bunch of you know things you can read. So, so that's, that's sort of the collaboration between what, what computers are good at and what humans are good at at this point. Pretty soon they'll surpass us at everything. But so. So, so you think that computers would be able to, at some point, not only record our question, but understand the question as a thought as opposed to individual words that are being uh, searchable. For sure. I mean, at this point, it already, there already some level of that. I mean, you do get, for some questions, for some simple questions, you ask Google or Siri, you know, you do get an actual answer. And, and a lot of it is, is like, yeah, it's kind of engineered into it, like directly and, and all that. But but there is, there is some level of understanding um, superficial understanding that already is occurring. I mean, in the future, I think in the future, computers will surpass us in everything. And this future is not too far. And max 10 years, I would say. Not everybody agrees with me. Don't take my word for it. But Wow, so you, you think within 10 years? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's 10 years, none of, none of what we can do as humans um, it would would be could be um, you know, everything we can do as humans could be done better by computers. So what do you think that leaves? Where does that leave us? And it's a matter. First of all, nobody knows. Some people are extreme. First of all, not not everybody agrees. I'd say some some uh, some people who work in artificial intelligence uh, or or like or other kind of other kind of smart. Smart, uh, smart people that you know have strong opinions about things uh, would tell you, oh, uh, you know, this will take a long time, or it will never happen, or yeah, blah blah blah. I don't but, care. I don't care about those people. That okay. I, and I've watched all of Black Mirror. So, what do you yeah. think? <laughs> yeah, uh, have you ever watched Black Mirror? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, like, is that going to happen? Do you think black? Do you think that black <laughs> that I'm going to be that? Uh, robotic dogs are gonna spoiler alert. Uh, robotic dogs are gonna. So so um, scenarios. So so those technology are, uh, like like I guess most of the technologies that they uh, um, sh- uh, put Depict. In, put into Black Mirror ah. would be possible in the future, but it's not likely that th- th- it would play out in the way it's presented. First of all. Almost every futuristic movie um, assumes that uh, assumes that one thing would be different, and then everything else would remain the same. Which is not, you know, like okay, we have this one new technology, or, or we have like one, you know, but the rest of the rest of the world looks very much the same as it is today. Obviously, you know, if, you know, everything would probably change together. Um, but uh, so I'm I'm going to question you on yeah. that because I think that. You know, we we saw the Jetsons. Do you know what the Jetsons are? Yeah. Okay, so we saw the Jetsons. And <laughs> <laughs> And 
we thought that there was going to be a society where men didn't work. They would go and push a button, you know, all day and have this horrible pain in their finger. And that was their, that was the, the, the most of their troubles (laughs) and that they would fly in cars and have robots that, that, um, that were their maids, you know what I mean? And, and again, granted, there's, there's a, 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 there's some things that, that, that are very, very similar to that Uh and things are very, very, uh, dissimilar. Yeah. So... I work at a computer all day, you know, and I get pain in my, my wrists and hands. Um, it's, I know people where it's debilitated them. They've had to go into surgery to try and fix their carpal tunnel, you know, with their typing. Um, I know that people have, a, uh, you know, the Alexa that will order them things to 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 send to their home and and they have like refrigerators that will see what's inside them and if something's missing order it for them like so i think that there's but what i'm saying is that a lot of what we look like a lot of the world is similar to the 50s in how the world looks i would think and maybe I'm in the ignorant. Yeah, because in the yeah. Jetsons, that was written in the 50s, and this here's this futuristic thing. Right, right. It, it's kind of what I'm saying, uh, that, that it seems that they kind of keep, keep most of the things as they are. Like when they do those futuristic things, they keep almost everything as, as it is in, yours, in the current society, and then they change a couple of things, um, that, you know, add a couple of technologies, and the Jetsons, you know, of course, some of it is a parody, you know. You, you know yeah. You, the, the, no, it's cartoon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, so that, that's... An, and also, it makes the plot work better. So, so some of those things, you know, if, if, if you're looking at a word that you can't relate to in any way, then it's harder for you to, you know, to follow the plot. Like, if, if, if you live in a... Let's, let's say, let's say we, uh, we end up in a... Especially if it's utopian... Because if, if it's dystopian, it's likely that it will just be a very quick disaster with no struggle because we wouldn't have a chance anyway. So it's not like we're going to be fighting robots. And then, you know, if, if, if uh, uh, you'd have super intelligent creatures that are runaway and they want to destroy us, and you don't have other, let's say, super intelligent programs that maybe can combat them, so to the extent that, you know, you have a uh, super smart antivirus or something, uh, to the extent that, that, that it's like machines versus humans and the machines uh, have reached human intelligence, then we're fucked, you know? Like, yeah. there, is no, <laughs> there is no movie. There is just like, okay, <laughs> we're done. Okay, yep. game over. All dead. But uh, otherwise, you know, you, you, can, you can conceive of, okay, some humans... Um, uh, trying to overpower other humans using this technology, so you could conceive of some interesting uh, uh, technologies, uh, interesting futuristic technology scenarios that might make for a good movie plot. 
but most likely it's either uh, going to be a disaster uh, which will end very quickly without much of a um, without m- much of a plot line or there's going to be a utopian uh, scenario which is also not very good for uh, entertainment uh, <laughs> which would look very different uh, like in many in, in every respect from the world we live in right now so, so what it, but what do you think is going to happen or you don't know I think it's 50-50 based on you really the, I, feel, I feel like um, so so experts um, are so tend to be very confident but they can't even agree on whether it's going to happen. So I feel like them uh, trusting their opinion on what's going to be the outcome um, seem to be, you know, I don't trust them at all, no matter how smart they think they are. And the, the smartest people can't agree, you know. So you have Elon Musk saying, oh, it's going to be a disaster, potentially. And and you have Ray Kurzweil, who is another you know, brilliant inventor and, and he has predicted the future multiple, you know, um, multiple times every decade, you know, pretty accurately. He's saying, oh, it's going to be utopia. Um, uh, I, I think we don't know. I think it's, um, we can do our best to try to figure out how to build this technology, which we, we can't stop building this technology. I feel like somebody would build it and I think we were very close to it. And if we don't do it, the Chinese will do it. You know, Google will do it. Well, you know, Google. It's probably Google, Facebook, or the Chinese, really. You know? <laughs> I mean, I mean, the Swedes are off the table. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you know, it could be like, like DeepMind. You know, is a part of Google now, but it was developed in London, so it could be definitely could be a startup from somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, for sure. Um, but but somebody will develop it soon enough. Um, and and the question is. What, how it would play out, and it's, I feel like it's very hard to determine. Um, what you so, so the thing is, I mean, so typically in movies and whatever you, when you, when you think about artificial intelligence, you think about also artificial emotions that goes, goes, go with, with it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, humans, okay, we have intelligence, but we have emotions, we have motivations and drives, and that, um, you know, determines. Uh, how we use this intelligent to make intelligence to make decisions. We use the intelligent in order to serve our emotions, our goals. But the thing is, the 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 emotions, if you will, are completely decoupled from this this resource. So the Google the Google search engine doesn't seem to have. So 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 if, if you if you think what, what emotion does the Google search engine have? Well it, well. It has the emotion or the motivation to give you the results which you would um, most likely click on and remain within the page that you clicked on, suggesting to Google that, uh, okay, you like this result. Yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's widget driven. Yeah, it's, it's driven they're, by... They're like salesmen. No, no. It, well, yeah, it's driven by the goal, but by, by the goal, uh, the goal that was written into the program. So right. our our emotions are. You can think of them as it's called utility function in, in the, the the parlance of, of computer scientists. But the idea is that our emotions are goals that was written into us by by evolution. So you have the goal of you know not starving and you know. Um, this is, 
the more the more uh, general goal of surviving and reproducing, um, and and some other more specific goals that are supposed to uh, drive that goal. So curiosity will you know uh, benefit your survival in the future and stuff like that. And so, so, so these are, we, we experience them as emotions, as this conscious experience of emotions, but essentially there are goals. And the, every computer program that you write uh, has a goal. Some, uh, the goal of, of the algorithm of Google is to give you the best results. The goal of the computer uh, chess, chess algorithm is to maximize the chances of winning. Right, in the, in the least amount of those, right. I hear that. Um, so designing those goals would, uh, properly would would probably be the thing that determines uh, whether we end up in utopia or disaster. And there are all those cartoonish cartoonish scenarios where you know you, you, you uh, the goal the, the computer takes its goal too seriously, like it's a chess player and yeah. you basically destroy the entire matter of the earth to be the giant computer that would calculate the best next move or whatever, yeah. Right, it's to eliminate humans because they're effing up the world. <laughs> I can't even yeah, think that's usually... Effing up, not the world, but like the goal that was designed. So if the goal is to win, win a game of chess, then, you know, whatever is in the way... Yeah, uh, eliminate it. Yeah. Huh. Interesting, interesting. So what do you... Uh, when, uh, when you're not doing stand-up, you know, what else do you do for fun? Uh, mostly bondage. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, the accent serves for that. I'm sure you probably could. You probably could fetch top dollar just on the accent alone. I do that, but it means I don't make any money though. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I, I like traveling. I want, so one thing, it's related, I guess, to everything, but I'm trying to make everything I do relate, relate to each other because otherwise I feel guilty about neglecting one of the things you know, that I do. If, if what you said right now, bondage, is not a joke, would you mind talking about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, what, what do you want to know? So, okay, so I've never, I've never gotten into it. Um, and never too late. Never too late. <laughs> So I have toys in my car. <laughs> okay, I've been talking about possibly getting high for like a year. So like, I do a lot of research before anything, any, uh, anything is done. But um, so don't worry, I'm a professional. <laughs> I'm sure you are. Um, this is a fuzzing accent. <laughs> so uh, how did you? How did you get started in in uh, this? I don't want to. I don't want to be uh, condescending, and I'm and I'm completely ignorant. So uh-huh. I, I think I should apologize for any missteps I may take at the beginning <laughs> of this conversation. So how did um, how did how did your relationship with bondage begin? Let me ask you that. Well, I started in Baldwin. No, and so I. Um, actually, I don't think, I don't know if I remember, I think maybe, um, maybe I, I must, I must have met a girl that, that, uh, was into it, mm-hmm. um, 
Yeah, so I guess I guess I was uh, I was flirting with this girl and she invited me to her place and uh, apparently she has a boyfriend so she can't she can't have sex sex but she can you know uh, she can tie me down and give me blowjobs <laughs> that was okay that was on the table <laughs> she, she, she could spank me give me blood and tie me down so, so that's so as long as as long as this is a really interesting switch between uh, scientific uh, neuroscience and, uh, yeah yeah uh, this is interesting I should warn the audience it's not okay if, if you're <laughs> uh, if you're under 18 you want you might want to close your doors so you're yeah. front your or and if you and if you'd like I will uh, I will remove uh, your last name <laughs> <laughs> because of your position with the college, I wouldn't want that to be uh, hindered in any way. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think it, I don't think it would, but I, I don't know. Gonna, gonna, uh, yeah, whatever, whatever. You feel like. <laughs> I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't see. Yeah, I don't, I don't think like um, those. You know, this is kind of like the whole thing with bondage, if I feel like, uh, or like the, this. It's. I want to say it's the same as uh, uh, as you know being gay versus straight, or but but it is it is a sexual preference that people have, which you know as long as it is consensual and you know yeah, there yeah. shouldn't be there shouldn't be an issue. Uh, I gotta tell you, or this is the reason why I love this podcast. Yeah. Because it brings me into... I find these little moments <laughs> where I didn't expect this to happen. You yeah, know what I mean? I like to break expectations. Yeah. And so... Um, so, here's my my dumb pea brains idea of what bondage is. Um, and I may or may be right. May or may be wrong. If not, I'm going to tell you. You okay. should watch more porn. <laughs> so there's there's a dominant and a submissive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to set up your safe word first before anything happens. Can I ask you what your safe word is? Oh, I'm or do you change it from time to time? I guess that's another yeah, question. I, I, do you change it up? I mean, I mean, I'm not. First of all, I I almost I don't think I I played for very long with the same person anyway. But usually, usually there's just. Yeah, occasionally I, I, I meet. Um, so, 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 in terms of in terms of topping or bottom, so, so there's okay, there is submissive and dominant, but you can, but there's also, and that have to do more with obedience and and you know, um, which which I'm not so much into. I definitely wouldn't obey um, a dominant girl as much. But okay. but I do but I do like the whole topping and bottoming aspect. So you can be like the there would be like a, what do you think about this dominant? But but just just uh, physically, you know, just tying somebody down or like okay. or like um, um, so is bondage just just tying people up? Is that yeah, is mean, that what it? Is? I mean, uh, the, the typically uh, some element of so it depends upon the person some people are into a little bit of pain some people are into just sensual play just being being uh, um, restrained so bondage itself is yeah it's bondage I mean yeah. so but, but there is there's things that that tend to go with it so if you if you 
or like if you if if you are if you are uh, let's say submissive, then you would um, on average more likely uh, like to be tied down, and on average more likely to uh, have a, a bit of a pain inflicted upon you, or some some kind of physical dominance that um, that is uncomfortable, but but with the minding whatever threshold. Uh, of pain uh, you have and what you know some people are very heavy they like a lot of pain some people just like to just the, the idea or like or the, 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 the sensation of getting there so that the so those things tend to uh, be within the same sort of um, realm of uh, and then and then you do have people who who switch which which I count myself among them so I enjoy both sides I enjoy being uh, top or bottom uh, and the thing that really, if, and it's not necessarily my only thing, I enjoy the like regular stuff as well. Uh, uh-huh. But the thing, the, the, the two, I guess, the, um, the two things that seem to be um, constant in all of the things I enjoy sexually um, is uh, that my partner is enthusiastic uh-huh. uh, you know, uh, about whatever it is we're doing. Um, and that um, it's it's creative in a way. So there's some 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 creative there's some connection some some interesting creative connection going on. Huh. Um. As you're talking, I was thinking there's probably a lot more uh, discussions about consent before you are um, in the acts of, of this. Yeah, okay, so you're asking about safe words. So yeah, so um, like, you know, what you're supposed to do, um, like, like especially if you're doing it in a club or whatever, is you're supposed to have like a whole, um, you know, negotiation before, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm usually not, not into formalities as much, you know, so I, I, I like to go by, by how you feel at the moment, but, but, but yeah, but, but a lot of people basically they negotiate before, okay, this is what we do, this is the, um, uh-huh. but the thing is, I also like to, uh, I like to play with first timers a lot, so, so it's, you have to figure it out at the moment sometimes, so I don't do, I, I do more than just say for it, I just, you know, communicate all the time and ask, okay, is this okay? Do you enjoy this? Should I continue? Okay. You know, whenever yeah. I do So, so, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of communication constantly. Um, now, you could, if you know somebody very well, then you could say, okay, well, let's have a safe word and then I can pretend to not like it and I can, but then I, you know, I would feel uncomfortable unless I, you know, I, I, I need to be. It needs to be obvious to me the whole time that the other person enjoying it. So, Understood. so typically there is more communications and just uh, waiting for a safe word for me. Yeah. Understood. Yeah, that's pretty. That's, it's interesting. So, you said that there's clubs that you go to. Yeah, there are a bunch of clubs uh, about about LA. Uh, you can you can uh, you can check check some of the stuff out. Some. Uh, some. So is it like bondage Disneyland kind of, or like a like, like yeah, kind of like I mean, they have a bunch of rooms and uh, different themes with different kind of interesting furniture you can uh, you can do bondage on. Uh, 
and yeah, depending on the the party, certain things are allowed, certain things are not, you know. Um, so typically in public parties, you you, you know you can't go all the way. Uh, Has there ever been a a uh, awkward an awkward situation in one of those uh, clubs for you or no? Um, what would what would be awkward? Uh, I don't know. I've never been there. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I guess I guess if you're going into a bondage club, you kind of have okay, to go okay, through a yeah. checklist of like, all right, I'm going to see some shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, okay. I mean, I, I had so, a couple of, actually one time I had I had two weeks in. Uh, sorry, did I interrupt your? No, 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 no. So I, I had two weeks in in uh, one after the other uh, where I I came with. Uh, uh, on a first date, do I? You took a girl on the first date, or, or whoever you were with on the first date. Yeah, we were on the first date. The different different girls, uh, one every week. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, and uh, I was like, for some reason, it was one of those weeks. I mean, I, we didn't know. She didn't know where we're going. But let me uh, let me tell you, this is this is the difference between you and me. <laughs> when I would take a girl on a first date, I would take her to the Huntington Library, <laughs> and it was because in case she didn't have something, like if she was a, a bad conversationalist. I would have something every five feet to look at and discuss. Like I don't know, um, I'd be like, oh, no. there are plenty of things to look at and discuss. Exactly, that's what I'm thinking. Like, you know, like, <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, look at that. That's a that's a a, a full leather, you know, whatever. And that's like I don't even know. Like you know what yeah. I mean? I, I can't even riff on that. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> So I guess the awkward the awkwardness was that uh, I didn't know and didn't know them very well. But it turns out, you know, with the first girl, it turns out uh, she was uh, submissive and she wanted to tear her down and stuff. Uh, and then the manager of the club came and said, "Not the man, you know, the, the yeah. dungeon monitor came came and said, oh, you can't do this here today. It's a women on top night.'" And I was like, "Oh no!" I didn't know that they had those. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know anything about it. So it's I like have, I, have a, <laughs> yeah, I have a whole disturbing comedy routine about this. That's <laughs> so <laughs> funny. You're <laughs> like, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> you're like, that's. You're like, I love. So I'm just thinking about like for you. So you're like, the thing that you love is taking someone into a bonded situation that they've never been in. Hopefully, they're into it. Hopefully you're introducing it to them. You're at this club. The stars are aligning, and then the <laughs> damn dominatrix master comes in. And is like, sorry, it's not a dude night. It's ladies night. <laughs> and you're all, what? <laughs> yeah. And then the thing is, the next week it was a different club with a different first date with a different girl. And it turns out she was dominant, you know. So she so she tied me down. And it turns out that uh, it was a man on top night. You're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> no, 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 thanks. I'm just kidding. You were, you were into so, it, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> I get it, I get it. That's funny. That's funny. So both, so both were into it. Now, um, I'm, I'm going to... Uh, I'm gonna think that this wasn't you didn't meet these girls on Christian Mingle like it was there like mm-hmm. yeah. did you meet them at on a, a, a J date? What's no, no, it's no like oh, a Jewish date. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Israel. Like, That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, you picked her up at the synagogue. Yeah. <laughs> you said to go. <laughs> the dominants are over there. The submissives are at that at that synagogue over there. Like. Yeah. 
Oh, I went to the wrong synagogue. Oh. <laughs> My luck. Okay. So, uh, did you meet them on a on a on a site that they that that you had a, a higher propensity of them of them being into it, or was it just how did you meet these girls? I guess is what I, it was a, a stupid easy way to ask that. Um, I guess I was at USC at the time, in this particular week, um, and just one of them I met at the, um, at the grocery store, and the other I met uh, on the way to the gym. So was she, like, picking out huge cucumbers, and you're like, hey, uh, <laughs> hi, I'm Ori. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't open with a discussion of, <laughs> excuse me, excuse me, yes, you, yeah, are you into bondage? <laughs> I know a club that has uh, that has cucumbers. Well, they look like cucumbers. Don't answer yet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's funny. <laughs> a club that has cucumbers. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I just want to make a salad. <laughs> That's, uh, salad? Hey, you're into cutting. <laughs> <laughs> That's so... Oh, man, you could be so creepy if some girl's, like, totally not into that. Like, that's... See, that's why... That's why you're not... You know, eventually you get to the you get to the point, but 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 like yeah. but like you have, I'm a, I think I'm a very good listener, so you can, like how how do you get from the point where you just saw a person across the bar and then you're having sex with them that night, right? How do you get from the A to B? Well, it's not it's not like you hey come to my bed, you know. It's like yeah. if you talk hey oh, you have a nice this and what do you drink and you know and eventually yeah. you sort of get to the topic and. Oh, and you kind of mentioned something about the thing that you were planning to do today, and they're like, "Oh, interesting," you know, and, you know. So, so yeah, but usually at the bar, I mean, what they're selling helps you uh, sure okay, get to but, that situation. But, but you do, yeah, but you do meet people, and uh, you know, you yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess, in the bar, it's presumed that. But I feel like I feel like you can only meet so many. So many cool people in the bar. You could, but yeah. you know, I don't know. I feel like I feel like I meet most of most of the uh, people I date, um, like in situations. I was gonna say in your classroom, and then I thought, no, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> uh, <I know>. uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I, whenever I'm within. Within uh, twenty miles of the yeah. college, I, I deactivate my Tinder and yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I yeah, definitely. That's crazy. Yeah, we can't. You shouldn't uh, date your students or no, of course yeah. not. Yeah. Of course not. But yeah. um, so do you? Do you live out in LA? Yes, sir. Oh, and then you commute out here to Pomona for for work, and then and then back. Okay. Wow, and so are you? Are you seeing anybody now, or is it are you just out dating? Um, out dating, yeah. Yeah, out dating. Huh? Do your do, are, is your are your parents still alive? Oh yeah. Yeah. Do they are they hoping that you're gonna find someone to get married, and or do you have brothers and sisters that are that you can say like, oh, well, they're they're having kids now, and. Uh, Actually, yeah, I do have a brother to have kids, but um, and I have a married sister, but but yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't feel, 
Yeah, nobody, nobody's putting any pressure on me. I think, yeah, I guess, I guess they might want to um, have more grandchildren, but on the other, on the other hand, they want us to be sort of established in life when we do mm-hmm. sort of thing. So yeah, I, I, I never felt any any pressure from them on, on this regard. Um, Do they still live in Israel? Yeah, I still live in Israel. Uh, are your um, is are you the only one from your immediate family that's out here? Or did they did did your brothers? How many how many brothers and sisters do you have? Yeah, I'm, I'm the only one here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah, I have two two oh. siblings. Yeah. Oh. Uh, do you go? Have you gone back home yet? Uh, yeah, I've been I've been home in the summer. I am going back there this summer. I'm going to be there for probably a week, and I'm going to be in other parts of Europe as well. I'm right. Trying to make like, documentaries about the comedy scene in different countries. Oh, really? Yeah, so I've done like a documentary about the Japanese comedy scene that you can uh, you? see on uh, see on YouTube now. Uh, What's the name of it? Uh, well, my I'm I'm like you can search for my name like Oria Mir on, on like. Like YouTube, and then and then um, Japan Japanese comedy scene is the name of the, this particular video. I'm going to put a uh, misunderstanding comedy in Japan. I think it's also part of the name, and I'm going to uh, put another one about the Russian comedy scene soon. I recorded it last summer. Uh, I asked really? comedians about Trump jokes and Putin jokes and stuff like this. And uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully I will um, have some time to edit it the next couple of weeks, and uh, it's going to be up there. So, what um, what was your takeaway from from, or what was uh, I guess shocking about, or that you didn't expect in the Japanese comedy scene? Uh, about Japanese comedy scene, um, it's not that I didn't expect because I already had an idea of. The kind of comedy uh, that uh, that Japan favors, but I guess the interesting um, interesting insight uh, because you know this uh, America is very individualistic society mm-hmm. is one of the and, and Japan is um, uh, high on the collectivistic uh, right. scale of things, right? Uh, Communal, yeah, right, and and so and so it's interesting to see that the um, Japanese jokes tend to target more often the individual. So they target the individuals who are being stupid or um, being deviant, acting against the rules. Whereas uh, whereas uh, American comedy, to a larger percent, I mean, they still have a lot of jokes on individuals, but to a larger percent relative to Japanese, um, uh, you have jokes about the collective, about the system, about the, 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 the norms, Things of that nature. So, so it's interesting that that um, it seems like a contradiction. Individualistic cultures make fun of the collective, and, and collectivist cultures make fun of the individual. But it makes sense if you think about it. So right. you, you're not supposed to violate the the norms of the collective if you're, uh, you're yeah. not supposed to make fun of it. You're supposed to make fun of people who violate it. And that's, right. yeah. And so you've already shot the Russian one. You're just editing it now. Yeah, exactly. So, 
And, uh, you want to put it up before Trump, uh, before Trump gets impeached or anything. So, so they still can compare because, uh, like, I was interviewing people about the Trump jokes versus Putin jokes and stuff like that. So, do you think Trump is going to get impeached? It's anybody's guess. Um, it looks like the um, the FBI is very um, keen on getting him impeached, and, and and I guess. A lot of the media is behind it, um, but definitely so there are a lot of a lot of Republicans who gamble that he wouldn't, you know, behave. Yeah. So it's not clear, you know. So, so it depends upon. I'm, I'm the last person to. Well, I guess I know a little bit about politics. So, so yeah, the, so it depends upon. Eventually, I think the I think the FBI would come out with some findings that are impeachable offenses, and then it's it, it it's the Congress's job to to decide whether to impeach yeah. him or not. Yeah. And if it comes out at a time where um, there is a Republican majority, it's less likely to pass unless it's something that everybody would be outraged about, and then. And then, if there is a Democratic majority, it's still possible that some Democrats, they, they always tend to, to prematurely um, surrender on whatever it is they uh, pretend to try to accomplish. Uh, and so, they're like, oh, um, yeah, we're going to give some money to the, uh, the healthcare, but, oh, we, we had to compromise with preemptively with Republicans, even though we were the majority, or whatever it is. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, so they, they might do a similar thing if their donors or whatever, whoever, you know, whoever pays them, you know, or pay their campaigns, um, you know, wants Trump to stay in power or not. And hmm. so that, yeah. Interesting. So with uh, so the, the Russian one, you're going to try and get that out soon. Um you said that you had spoken to a lot of comedians when you were doing your your um, uh, your study on the uh, FMRI and humor. Um, I know that uh, did was that before or after the the Russian uh, or or the document either of the documentaries. Was that before or after the documentary? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, done, I've done it before the documentaries, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like a diet for my dissertation, the, the trip to Russia I did this summer. So. Oh, okay. Uh, what was it like going over there? What did you... How did Russia feel, I guess, um, this past summer coming from the U.S.? Did, did, did you feel any backlash from... Uh, from that, or were you not identified as an American? Were you identified as well uh, as Israeli? But I say I live in Los Angeles, so yeah. I mean, they know Israelis because we have a huge immigration from Russia to Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like mostly Jewish Russian, right? But still, yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean, um, no, nobody. I didn't run into many people like hate America. No, it's like. You know, everybody likes American culture. You have all of the, you know, you see, you listen to American music in, in 
clubs and you uh, alongside Russian music and you know the, the same hits that you dance to here and you, you have the movies and you have uh, all, all of the every single franchise you know McDonald's to anything else that you can imagine and you buy American products it's not and, and, and people people there seem to um, like Trump more so than many other places in the world they're like they think that you know it tends to be on, on their side or whatever mm-hmm. um, and I guess I guess there is um, racism is more prevalent in Russia than elsewhere in Europe so uh, uh, they did uh, they did um, think poorly of Obama at the time so they're like happy to, to have a, um, a, I guess a white president so homosexuality is also frowned upon in Russia what about were there any bondage clubs that were out there that you were able to I wasn't looking out? I wasn't looking for any uh, <laughs> yeah it wasn't you're, on my you're radar on the, you're, on the, you're on the comedy club scene as opposed to the bondage club scene. yeah yeah I was uh, makes sense yeah I didn't I didn't investigate it whatsoever I assume I mean I know that in Israel there is a there is a bondage club and and, and Russians uh, do like to frequent it yeah uh, but um, yeah I I assume they have it. Uh, you know, it's also it's not illegal to be to be gay there, but it, it is it is kind of it's like a couple of decades behind on that, uh, and and it has become a little worse recently because they're trying to scapegoat um, uh, homosexuality. So so they they made up um, this new uh, the gay propaganda laws, which means that uh, you know you shouldn't. You shouldn't uh, influence the the youth badly in such a way that they might become homosexual as a yeah. result. So they're like, um, you know. So if if I so 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 like I did talk to I did I did talk to this girl who was like, um, yes, I understand. If gay people they want to do this, it's fine. But but why do they have to make parades? You know, the, the parades they 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 influence other people to. And say, well, you know, it, historically they had to hide, and so they wanted to show that they're proud, and yeah, right, uh, and, and the, you know, to encourage people not to. They're like, yeah, but look at the balloons. Like, kids <laughs> love balloons. Like, yeah. <laughs> we would be fine with it if they didn't have so many bright colors. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's the that's again the racism. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> all circle. That's funny, man. Any other? So your next documentary is gonna go. Um, I'd say I'll try to put it out in, in two weeks. Uh, just no, but where do you, you plan on doing another one? Oh, okay. In terms of recording, yeah, I also recorded some other. I recorded like uh, a bunch of Scandinavian countries, like Sweden, Norway, Denmark, um, uh, Israel, uh, which is of course in Scandinavia, uh, and. Uh, <laughs> The southern parts, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and in the summer, yeah, wherever I'm going to be in Europe, which probably will include um, Germany and uh, Poland, and you know, um, England, possibly, I'm going to to do something there. Um, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thanks for coming out, man. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me. I think I we've it. covered everything I know. Yeah, stuff, stuff, that, stuff that I want to talk about, stuff I didn't know I was going to talk about, but I'm glad that I did. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm um, kind of disappointed we didn't go, uh, we didn't end up talking about botany. That, that was what I was really preparing to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about body, but I don't think you have anything. <laughs> Give him water. Give him water. Is what oh, all there, I that's, to say. there you go. <laughs> well, thanks, Rory. You're a great man. Cheers. Right. Thanks for having me. <laughs>